The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi. Hi, this is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I am delighted to be with you here today at The Visual Workplace, our weekly radio show about letting the workplace speak. In each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that, of how to embed the intelligence of our operational system, our intelligence, into the operational landscape of work through visual devices, through visual systems. Why? So we can work with focus, precision, higher safety, <clears throat> with pace, hmm? so we can perform. So our company can make good profit margins, increasingly good profit margins, and so we can enjoy ourselves along the way. Yes, so we can enjoy ourselves at work. And we do that by making partners of the physical work environment through workplace visuality. We have enabled the physical environment to become a functional performance partner with us by creating visual devices, by inventing ways to embed information, the information that we need, into the living landscape of work. So the information is there when and as we need it. And we pull it to us. We pull it to us. The visual workplace is this perfect pull system where we design the information we need into the landscape of work, and we pull it to us when and as we need it. We address the information deficits through visual solutions, and we eliminate them completely. And when we do, we eliminate their grouchy symptom, motion, moving without working. Hmm? This is what we're doing. This is the logic that we want to put into place, this system of systems that we call workplace visuality. Not just the point solutions, but the logic of thinking, the logic of performance, the logic of chasing down those information deficits. Enterprise-wide, on all levels of the organization. And that's what this show is about. To talk about that, to talk about the enormous business benefits, the 15 to 30% increase in throughput that you get through a a well-functioning visual workplace and the enormous cultural benefits to which there is almost no value that you can put that is large enough, the alignment, the connectivity between individuals. And we're all marching in the same direction, singing from the same song sheet because we know what that song sheet is. And we're chugging along, chug, chug, chug. So... Welcome to the show. I'm really glad you're here. And I want to also just state the obvious. Uh, You know, while 5S is a part of visuality, this show is not about 5S just. We've spent a lot of time on it because there's an important cultural benefit and operational benefit in working with the value-add level. Of course there is. And 5S is an indispensable foundation for workplace visuality. But we put 5S in place for two main reasons. First, to prepare the physical work environment to hold visual information and then to put visual location information into place, borders, addresses, if possible, an ID label, to put the visual wear in place Mm -hmm. for everything that casts a shadow, by the way. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. So, you know, some of you have written to me and said, oh, this is just 5S. And oh, my goodness, I'm thinking, what show are you listening to? And with what pair of ears? This isn't just anything. (laughs) So we put 5S in place and then that allows us to move on to higher levels, to move on to higher levels 
of function, of visual function. Just the way after you brush your teeth, wash your face, scrub behind the ears, dress yourself, you go out and you do great things. You create a life. That, those clean ears and clean teeth are there as an, an indispensable first step, but it isn't the end. You go out and you create a life. So 5S is the handmaiden, is the handmaiden to higher levels of visual functionality visual connectivity through your enterprise and up and down your supply chain. We let the workplace speak, and that's what this show is about, letting the workplace speak. It's so interesting. I've been doing this for 30 years, and I tell you, every day just brings new surprises. I love preparing these shows for you because I am able to go into the nitty-gritty detail that I thought I had already investigated and surfaced over these past three decades, but I learn more and more every time I talk to you. I'm so grateful that you're listening. We're up to about 70,000 people who listen to us a month. I'm very, very pleased. Some of you are telling other people about us, and the word is getting around. And, and you know, if you listen to these shows, you're going to be able to do something. These shows are meant to be practical and hands-on. We have periodic interviews to amplify that through other uh, experts in fields that are associated with the visual workplace. We want to deliver value, more value than you expected, we hope. So today we return to our discussion of an important core mechanism in your visual conversion process in the infrastructure that we spent so many shows talking about in January, February, March, and that is the visual workplace steering team. You can name it what you want. It's a team of value-add associates exclusively who volunteer, they're not recruited, who volunteer to participate in the support of the visual conversion. Yes, beginning with 5S. That's their area. That's their main field of, uh, of contribution. But the steering team is there to help troubleshoot that initiative, advocate for it, protect it, even coach it on the value-add level. Very, very wonderful mechanism, part of the three-legged stool that we also discussed over the past several months. So I'm going to go into last week we didn't complete the show even though I was hoping we would I was hoping we would have enough time but we didn't so today we will complete it and I have only a couple of announcements actually I only have one I wanted to let you know that in September just a few weeks I'm going to start a discussion on smart simple design that's the first business book that I wrote it was back in 1994 came out in 95 and Smart Simple Design is about decomplicating the organization by simplifying your product architecture or by simplifying your service architecture, but without sacrificing customer choice. It's a kind of mouthful, only because in my view, there hasn't been enough discussion about this concept, about this set of principles, for people to recognize how linked it is to everything, everything that comes after. Smart Simple Design, as I hope you will discover, is a topic that is wide enough to hold anybody who's interested in improvement, who's interested in visuality, in Lean, in Six Sigma, in any of, in TPM. My goodness, it interfaces with TPM so strongly. It's like bread and butter. It's about introducing positive variety, positive variety into the organization, the kind of variety your customers want, and blocking negative blocking negative variety, the kind of inputs that make things more complicated, not better, but more complicated. So it's going to take us four or five shows, I'm estimating, to cover that. I want to give you a tutorial on that. And along the way, we're going to interview, at least we're going to interview Eric Lale, who's the Vice President of Performance at Total Insight in North Carolina. He was an early adopter. We got to know each other back in the 1990s. And he has lots of great application stories to tell the kind that will either put hair on your teeth or make it raise on the back of your neck. These are very compelling stories of what happens when you have negative variety and how, how detrimental it is to all of your improvement efforts. So I think it's going to be a compelling series, and I encourage you to listen in, invite your engineers, your marketing execs, purchasing CEOs, CFOs, and definitely your sales staff, because when you address product or service complexity on the front side, your need for lean and visual will be greatly reduced. Or another way of saying it is their effectiveness will be greatly amplified because you have less complexity for them to contend with. Oh, wonderful. So I'm very excited about this. And I'll tell you more. 
uh, when September comes around. I think we'll start about the 11th of the, that show, about mid-month, and go on for a while. So let's continue today our discussion of the steering team. I want to do a recap. And there's a, the first thing I want to say is the decision to put an all-associate steering team, call it what you will, in place is an executive decision. If you're an executive or site manager or CEO, it is you who will decide that you want more empowerment on the value-add level for the people who are doing the work. And you will then mandate it or you will request it or you will make sure that it is put into place because you've defined empowerment as an important part of your strategic plan. And how do you define it? Well, I'll tell you how I define it. Empowerment is the decision to expand the boundaries of who gets to get the power to do what. It's the expansion of who gets to get the power to do what? To think and to do. To think and to do. That's all we're talking about in empowerment. I've been empowered to think and I've been empowered to do. Well, you know, that's kind of like a management notion. But over the last couple of decades, we've begun to see, no, it's a people notion. It's a self-leadership notion that power is a quantum it is a go, no go switch. We're not talking about positional power or auxiliary power. We're talking about actual God given innate power, the power inside of me, which is identical to the, empo- the power inside of you. That means that you are as great a friend as you are an enemy because we have control over that power in terms of our own will. And what the executive who decides he wants a more, she wants a more empowered workplace has decided is that I want that power that's inside of each of us to align more closely to the corporate intent. And the only way that that can happen is if I take steps to get it released. The executive is in charge of that faucet. And that executive may decide to simply stabilize the level of power that they have right now or some to, to impede it, or some to amplify it when they say we want a stronger empowerment condition in this company. That's part of their job. So, if you say you want more and you, want, and you mandate more, I suggest to you that you consider a steering team, mandating a steering team in place. This is a part of our methodology, the way we do things here at Visual Thinking, Inc., formally quality methods international that's the way we do things here it's part it's part of what we call the three-legged stool which we've discussed in detail in bone aching detail many many times lots of companies can benefit from setting up one but most don't even know about it they don't understand its its purpose or how it functions, and that's what I want to do, recapping a little bit and then adding to it in this show. So we're sliding into a break now. I'm going to do a little bit more recapping, and then we'll get into some new stuff, which I call leading by example and then leading by standards. And I'll see you in a minute. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. I'll be here when you come back. business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. 
How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, hi, this is Gwendolyn. Welcome back to The Visual Workplace. And we are here today during our second show on the Visual Workplace Steering Team and kind of getting into uh, what that team does with more detail. I I want to say a little bit more about this empowerment thing that uh, executives will sometimes shy away from sharing the power that already exists, from releasing the power that already exists, because it's there. It just needs to be released and then groomed, because they're a little bit afraid that they're going to end up with anarchy, that things will get out of control. We're giving new power to an unexpected group, and things might get out of control. We might have competing management systems, and so on and so forth, but not at all. So I want to formulate this for you so that it makes sense because I do want to encourage you to take this step. The steering team, and again, call it what you will, the think team, the lead team, the associate team, the help team, the oh my gosh team, anything you like, is comprised entirely of associates. And in that capacity, they report directly to the ranking site executive, the plant manager, the CEO. And the result is not anarchy, but a deepening level of empowerment, alignment, connectivity. We move as one. We move as one. And you are going to have to learn how to develop that muscle. Some companies, you know, it's as foreign as, as the moon, as Mars, as Neptune, as that unnamed planet that they discovered beyond Pluto. It's just a foreign idea. So you have to develop the muscle. And the link between your application of, for example, that or other visual principles and tools, the whole sustainment thing, is sort of like um, the way that the same relationship as what, that you find in sports between learning the basics of basketball and mastering the game. At the outset, you have to learn the basics of empowerment, the basics of visuality, the basics of what your supervisors do in this new landscape. And basketball, you spend a lot of time shooting and passing and dribbling, implementing the basics. That's a beginning, but it's just a beginning. Achieving full, for example, visual functionality is like playing a 48-minute game. It's still a long time off let alone putting in a a winning season. That's further still. So mastering a sport is a good metaphor. It paints a good picture, a kind of accurate picture, for what it takes to make visuality a way of life in your company, or lean for that matter. Like mastering the piano or martial art, the journey begins with learning the basics, the scales, the forms, and then practice, practice, practice. The behaviors are internalized. They become more refined. They become part of body memory. They become a habit. They they become a response, your first response. They become second nature. And only then can you then reach for true proficiency. So at the outset, you take pains to put these principles in place and you develop the skills. And over time, everything improves through practice, practice, practice. So don't expect to master this right away. Expect to do that thing that we're so afraid of here in the United States, make mistakes. It's not a failure, it's just a mistake. (laughs) You start small. You start small, you let the first cycle be your learning cycle, you let the second cycle be your learning cycle. And by the third time you go through, you begin to understand 
the mistakes just before you make them. You know what's coming next. So last week we began, we said, Visual Workplace Steering Team is one leg of the so-called three-legged stool. The three-legged stool has a management champion. That's the executive I talked about before who will mandate certain um, strategic changes amongst them empowerment, amongst them visuality. That's the first leg of the stool. The second is the visual workplace coordinator, the project manager, who is making the whole thing chug. This is long-term project management. It goes on for years. These folks become very, very refined at their job, and they have buddies to help them call the lead team. This is just nomenclature. You can call that what you like. The third leg of the stool doesn't appear until the second or third or even fourth month of your first cycle of visuality. But you can do the same thing in lean. You don't have to do visual to have a visual workplace steering team. And the group is made up entirely of operators, value-add associates. You can add a fourth leg to the stool if you have internal trainers. That's very important for your infrastructure. So, so the steering team is formed five, nine weeks after the launch of your visual conversion. It's made up of one hourly employee for each area participating in the process. Each person is a volunteer. Members are not recruited. You just Put a sign-up sheet. You say, here's a sign-up sheet. It's for the steering team. This is what the steering team does. It's one person per area. And if you have multiple shifts, then per area per shift. First come, first serve. We aren't going to recruit you. We aren't going to motivate you. We aren't going to make this sound attractive. It's either going to be music to your ears because you recognize it's an opportunity to stay in touch with the implementation and to look for ways of strengthening that. And that's important to you. Or you don't. So first come, first serve, and we're going to have to wait until at least three people sign up before we start meeting, but we hope to have one from each area. We've got six areas going, so six in all. Let's say it's single shift. And the steering team slowly comes together, and sometimes you have to wait. And the waiting, ladies and gentlemen, is such a great diagnostic for you. You know, this whole idea of going to Gemba and the what is state exists in the waiting, You wait and you see if people respond. And you go through the agony of people not responding and you sit on your hands and you put duct tape on your mouth and you don't recruit. You don't sell this idea. You don't supervise it. You want the people who want it to raise their hand to show up because they are going to be doing the hard work of helping you keep the implementation going. Maybe you've had a lot of failures or maybe you've had successes that have been fragile or even brittle successes. They haven't been really rooted in the right values and you want to do it differently this time. So use the waiting as a diagnostic to see where people's fears are. That's what it's all about. Where are people's fears? Where are their misunderstandings about who they are and who the other is? Remember, that's my definition of culture. Who I think I am and who I think the other is. And the culture is aligned when I know that I am you. When I know that I am you. When the CEO knows that he is a value-add associate. And when the value-add associate sees himself in the CEO. Everything else is just positional power. It's not real. So... The steering team's mandate is to stay in touch with how the implementation is going in each area and then collectively when they get together, look for ways to strengthen it and recommend changes or shifts, edits to the management champion so that the initiative sinks deep roots and spreads. There's no authority with this team. And yet when they join the team, steering team members have entered a self-leadership role. And we develop a process to help them engage on that level. But their basic thing is we're here to help, we're here to listen, and you would be very, very well advised to resist the temptation of putting a manager or supervisor in charge of that group. Do not do it. It just wipes out what the team is about. They can meet by themselves. We're going to take them through norms. We talked about them in some detail last week. And a number of you have uh, written and asked for that worksheet. Please feel free for the worksheet on norms and running a meeting. Just write to us at uh, radio at visualworkplace.com. We'll send it to you with our happiness. 
managers and supervisors may attend, but they're there by invitation for a specific task or to be interviewed. Customers can attend, technical staff, suppliers, maintenance, whatever. They're there by invitation. The steering team is not the police, and they don't want to be the police. (laughs) If you remember uh, UE's United Electric outside of Boston, their steering team said, we are the eyes and the ears of the shop floor. We listen. We bring to our steering team your concerns, problems, recommendations, and complaints related to the visual conversion process. We are here to help. We want to promote visuality. We want to promote you. Very simple. We are not, but they say, we are not the police. They don't have any authority anyway, but, you know, you see people who are being helpful and you think, are they trying to snitch on me, manage me? What's going on here? And the steering team is not a project-based group. They aren't responsible for helping a short-term project. No, 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 three to six months. months. The steering team is there sharing the responsibility for the long-term success of a company-wide change. And people rotate on and off. That's part of the norms that you adopt. How do I get off of this team? Who comes to replace me? How do we decide? What does uh, responsible participation mean? And we begin the process when we've got these three people, hopefully five or six people coming together. We say, okay, we're going to, the first time we meet, welcome everybody. You'll have the facilitator there. This is the only time you're going to see me. I want to get you started in creating norms so that you can work together without me. And you give them a norm sheet. I think there's 22 or 25 norms. They determine this together. I'm going to ask you guys, this is you as a facilitator talking, I'm going to ask you guys to please take these home with you and meet again on Friday. It's only going to be a 45-minute meeting, and you're probably going to have to meet two, maybe three more times to go through this this handout that I just gave you. But this is the work that you do together. And then when you finish that work, you'll know what's next because you will have gone through the norms. And you just kiss him goodbye. You say, you know, I trust you. You're me. It's okay. And the steering team meets to determine they set the norms. How do we want to conduct our business? And how do we want to conduct ourselves? How do we want to work together to fulfill our joint purpose? When do we meet? Where do we meet? For how long? Do we get started when half the group has shown up? Or do we wait for everyone? Let's decide now. How long should a regular meeting be? What happens if a member continually misses a meeting or is always late? How should we make our decisions? How do we change our minds? What does majority mean? What about confidentiality? These are important questions and they deserve important and clear answers. So the norms are the way we begin at the very first meeting. And by the end, two or three meetings later, team members, they have gotten a chance to know each other and they also have the basics of an effective meeting. Oh, wonderful. This is wonderful. Self-leadership is coming up. So we're going into a break now. And when we come back, I'll say a few more things about that self-leadership. And then we'll go into the new part. Finally, Gwendolyn, the new part of today. <laughs> Joe, don't throw anything at me. <laughs> See you in a minute. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. G? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters with Dr. G airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. 
Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. listening to The Visual Workplace, Work That Makes Sense, with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, it's Gwendolyn, and you're at the Visual Workplace, this is our weekly show on letting the workplace speak, and we are deep into the throes of our second show on the Visual Workplace Steering Team, ta-da, ta-da, and I'm kind of giving you a recap, but I'm also fr- framing things more strongly or framing them again, because I do want to speak persuasively about your trying this out. Is it revolutionary? Well, you know, in my view, it is. In my view, it is revolutionary to put this kind of a team in place, and also to learn as an organization how to utilize it, how to work it out. Okay. By the way, I just talked to you about this um, uh, norm sheet. There's also another tool that I like very much that we would be happy to send to you, and that is the um, meeting sheet. And it has team objectives and the agenda on one side. And on the reverse, it has space for tracking decisions, tracking questions, and all important action items. These little tiny bite-sized items that help the steering team do something that they have time to do between sessions. And you can always buddy up with a manager on some of these tasks. But they might want to check something out with maintenance. They might have a small question they want to track down. They'll do it. You just have to help them remember bite size. You have to look for overwhelm whenever you are um, uh, nurturing, cultivating these teams into place because people get, they see the end in sight, they have the vision, but they sometimes need a little bit of help in breaking them into bite-sized tasks. You know, every task shouldn't, should take you no longer than 19 minutes. Otherwise, you're never going to have time because you're also a value-add associate. And there's a due date that's a sign indicating the person is going to complete the task by such and such a date and report back, blah, blah, blah. Very nice. I love this process. I tell you, I, I have, uh, my heart just uh, swells with uh, such amazement when I see the work that steering team members uh, have found for themselves that makes such an important contribution you know, maybe I will try to find some steering team members who would be willing to come on the show to be interviewed. I'm thinking actually of Steve Harvey. He was uh, the visual workplace coordinator for about, oh, eight or nine years at Parker Hannafin um, in Marysville, Ohio, formerly Denison Hydraulics. And wow, what an amazing, what amazing steering team work was done there with him as, as a coach when invited. He was invited to the meetings. But he is a funny guy because he had just been, this is the 1997 or 8, he had just been promoted to a CNC program. He had been a supervisor on the floor for like 35 years and he finally got away from the floor in the heat, got an air-conditioned office and within a year, his boss, the great Joe Lenahan, uh, <laughs> said, hey, we're going to do the visual workplace, steri- uh, visual workplace conversion. I want you to be the coordinator. And he said, oh, no, no, I just got away from those guys. But he did an amazing job. And he learned, you know, he changed. He changed. He changed his opinion of 35 years. And he began to really see people come up, see them with his own eyes because of what he was doing. So I want to step outside the framework for a moment and talk to you about the point here. Why do we spend this much time creating a group, a team of value-add associates, and why do we invest hope in this team 
in a kind of oblique way. We're not pushing them. We want the performance to be pulled into place. Why do we want this outcome? Well, for me, at least in my approach, where I emphasize the important, uh, importance of the I, which you can think of as the individual, but it's the inner world of the individual, I see several critical meeting, meetings, sorry, reasons. We will not be able, first, we will not be able to create a workplace that speaks if we don't find the voice of that workplace. And that voice is the information that individuals need to understand and perform their work, to know not only if their work is up to par, up to standard, but also how it fits and understands and how they understand the framework in which all work happens, the framework that is the interaction of humans and things us and machines and paper and tools and walls and desks. So the individual, the individual need to know is the driver. And that's the first reason. That is why we call the need to know one of the two driving questions. The other, as you know, is the need to share. So that I is the engine. The second reason we need that I is because the vast majority of visual devices are created by individuals, not by the engine in my approach, in the approach we've been talking about now. I think this is our 49th show together. These devices on the value-add level are created not by engineers upstairs. They've got their own visual devices to create or by a group of technicians who come and go. They are created by the eye that lives at work in that place. Okay, there is the, in great improvement methodologies, there is the thinnest film between the thinker and the doer. Okay, getting the body involved and getting the brain involved. The third reason we want that I to be active is so that that I, those folks, us, can own, can own the work itself. It's a long-standing principle of the new enterprise, ownership and alignment. We are very, very far away from this idea that people are just cogs in a machine, mindless workers, hands and feet. But in fact, we see that we're, if we're going to make money and make good money, have good prosperity in all of its remarkable forms, we have to engage humanity in it, both as a means and an expression, a means and an outcome. So the steering team is populated by individuals on the evaluate level who are in the midst of this experience. While they may not conceptualize the experience exactly as I've segmented it, you know, I use far too many words, as you know by now, they do know that they are having a satisfying experience at work and something that is, for many people, new. Okay, and they, these folks, whom we call rowers, they're our first adopters, our early adopters, are on the steering team. And we then take that eye that has been ignited by the visual process or your TPM process or your lean process, in this case we're talking visuality, and we invite them to go further, to go further. Management's investment of time in this group is calculated and it is precise. The only difference between you and me right now, is that you're a little bit skeptical probably for, for your own reasons. You haven't lived through this experience, so you can be skeptical, but I have. I've seen it for myself, and it has helped mightily. So, this is not a role reversal. When we give uh, um, a mandate to a steering team and we say, we want you to watch how we're doing, this is simply supporting the self-leadership in people. People who lead very complete lives and very complex lives outside of work. So let's talk about leading by example. Let's take that theme of self-leadership and talk about leading by example. Implementing visual order isn't rocket science, the visual wear. Okay, and implementing the steering team is not rocket science. And you have to know that you have many, many allies in place that are there simply because of the way humans interact with each other. One of them is resonance. I want to talk to you about resonance. 
I want to talk to you very briefly, I hope, about an experience I had back in 1995 in Maine when I was writing my book called um, the Visual Systems. It was my first visual book. And I was staying in a cabin in the woods, so it was nice and quiet. But there was no electricity, and somebody warned me about using a generator for my computer because if there was a surge, I was going to get no computer. So I went to the local library in Blue Hill, Maine, and I went in, met the librarian, and I said, I'm writing a book, and I, I need electricity. Can you help me? And she said, her name was Marsha. She was a lovely woman. We like books here, she said. Why don't we just set you up upstairs? We have a big open space and a big fan. It was August in Maine, and it was perfect. And I wrote, and I wrote, and I wrote, and I wrote, and I was writing this chapter on the steering team, and I wanted to talk about what happened when like-minded people undertook a common task and what, how that was amplified simply because they were working together on a common task. And I heard about this thing called resonance, some kind of magical quality of clocks, of grandfather clocks, of pendulum clocks. So I went downstairs and I, I said, Marsha, can, can you help me out? And f- I want to talk about clocks and resonance. This was way, way, way before Google, like 20 years before Google, or 15 anyway. And she said, well, we couldn't find anything. Couldn't find anything. And then she said, why don't you talk to Charles Dittmas III? Who's he, says I. And she says, he's the keeper. he was the keeper of the clocks at Harvard University for 60 years. He's bound to know how clocks behave. Why not indeed? So I called Mr. Dittmas, and he told me rather loudly over the phone that he was far too busy, far too busy right now in August. And no, no, he couldn't possibly talk to me. And I thought, wow, okay, what an eccentric he is. And I went back to my writing. And the next afternoon, I heard this clippity, 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 clippity clop on the stairs. I got up, and much to my wandering eyes did appear a 93-year-old man in Bermuda shorts, black socks, wingtip shoes, Charles Dittmas III, his hair as black as night, slicked back, Fred Astaire style, he fact, in fact, he looked like a very, very old Fred Astaire. And I'll tell you what happens next after the break. So please come back. Thank you. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. What's really going on in Washington? Listen as two of Washington's most experienced insiders, Howard Marlowe and Michael Willis, divulge the strategies of the key players affecting legislation and policy matters every week on The Inner Loop. Unlike most talk shows, which feature hosts that have little to no experience working with the federal government, The Inner Loop is hosted by two professionals who actively work to influence federal policy on a daily basis. The Inner Loop is heard live every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call one 866 472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. 
Hi, it's Gwendolyn. You're at the Visual Workplace, and we're right in the middle of this uh, this very exciting story about what happened when Charles Ditmas III showed up in his Bermuda shorts, this 93-year-old man who had been keeper of the clocks for 60 years at Harvard University. And I asked him, and I said, oh, hello. And he said, oh, well, you know, I happen to be in town. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'm so glad to see you. Let me ask you this. I understand that when you put a bunch of grandfather clocks together in a room, they will synchronize. Within two or three days, they'll start swinging together. And Charles Dittmas III said, nonsense, Gwendolyn, nonsense. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm in big trouble. But he went on to say, they will do that in an hour. They will do that in an hour. And in fact, less than an hour, they will start swinging together. Left, left, right, right, left, left, right, right, perfect unison. They do it on their own. We never touch them. The phenomenon of resonance. And we talked a little bit and off he went into his busy day. But that is the phenomenon of self-leadership in the steering team. You put value-add associates in the same room and they find a common residence, in this case alertness, intelligence, caring, vigilance. They find and they hold a common purpose. And when they go back into their respective areas, they take that vibration with them. It's the vibration, it's the resonance that does so much of the work in shifting peers and buddies and grumblers and watchers over to a more powerful and spirited engagement in the activity which right now we're calling a visual conversion. Leading by example has benefits and outcomes far beyond simply that 45 minutes a week in which we give value add associates time to support the implementation. And one of the magic pieces of this is we give them no authority. They have to do this change through themselves as people. They bring their peopleness to it. And there's nothing more compelling. What do you think is happening on YouTube and all the social networking? We're finally discovering ourselves as people, as human beings. Yes, it's got its bumps and whatever. But that's part of the process. So that's what I mean by leading by example. Confidential, they're absolutely confidential. Now, the second leadership approach, which I want to squeeze in before the end of the show, is leading through standards. And that means that certain practices that need to be in place to support visuality. And these standards are things like every shelf will have an arrow. Nothing is stored directly on the floor. A lot of smart placement principles. Get rid of the doors and and drawers. Nothing on top. Nothing on the floor, as I said. A border for everything that casts a shadow and an address for every border. All of these are common visual standards. And what happens is that the steering team members will keep their ears and their eyes open. They'll look at how the implementation is going, what's working, what's not. They'll listen to their peers, to what they're saying, what they're complaining about, what do they like, what don't they like. And they share what they see with other members of the team. And they say, what do you make of this? I'm getting a lot of complaints about blah 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 Oh, so am I. What do you think it means? Oh, I don't know. Let's watch it some more. And they go out and they do their work and they're just listening. They stay alert to the emergence of a theme, usually complaints. <laughs> and that theme leads them to consider a need. Something that needs to be strengthened or something that needs to be corrected by putting some kind of standard in place. That doesn't mean standardizing visual devices. It means standardizing a response to the theme of complaint or whatever. And what they do is they get together and they, they kind of put the pieces together and they say, I th- we think we have a recommendation. We think there is a need. So they identify the need and then they create a recommendation and then they go straight to the management champion. And they say, sir, this is what, or ma'am, this is what we're, we're seeing. And, you know, we see that this whole has happened. You weren't here, but 16 years ago, the same thing happened. And, and we're beginning to see it ra- raise its little head again. And we have a recommendation. Always, you know, they always come with a recommendation, not a complaint. Or they say, we don't have a recommendation, but we need to do something. Maybe you can help. Or if they have a recommendation... Management champion will review it, and if it is on the level of a standard, the management 
Champion will either tweak it, edit it, approve it probably, usually, and then announce a new standard. There will be nothing on top and nothing on the floor. And then it's up to his lieutenants to put it in place. They just missed they missed that concern. They missed that need, and thank goodness the steering team came up with it. And like that, and slowly the steering team begins to be the eyes and the ears, begins to be the advocate and the promoters. They begin to support visuality in that nitty-gritty way that is such a contribution to the whole investment to begin with. And later, and as I told you on an earlier show, they'll become internal consultants. Other departments will uh, invite them to come over. We've seen wonderful self-auditing processes, self-checklist processes come out of this. In one uh, at United Electric, um, steering team members would each take one of the S's and become an expert on it and have lots of examples. They became teachers and internal coaches, self-leadership, beginning to connect the organization through all of these eyes. It's very, very beautiful. I want to speak persuasively to you about the benefits, the purpose, the beautiful outcomes that come out of um, putting your money where your mouth is, saying if you want an empowered workforce, let's give them power and let's see what they do. We'll give them a shape with these norms that will help them utilize that power, but this is going to help the company. So I hope that I have (laughs) spoken persuasively to you about the Visual Workplace Steering Team. You can read a lot about this in my old book from 1995, Visual Systems. We're going to republish that in about a year. It's going to be called 5S on Steroids, probably, unless we can find a better title, but that one's pretty good. But there's a whole chapter on the steering teams, on steering teams and how to set them up, plus a resource in the back. Um... That book doesn't belong to us. It was published by Amicom, and it does have lots of mistakes, but they haven't let me touch it since, touch it since 1995. So, But I think you can get through the mistakes. They're not big ones, uh, and get a lot of benefit from that. I also want to recommend to you work that makes sense. Uh, we're going to add another chapter in the next edition to a work that makes sense. It's the yellow book that won the Shingo Prize this year. That's another great shop floor book for shop floor visuality. I've had a wonderful time with you today. I hope that you have found this to be worth your time and also of a usefulness that you can uh, practically put into place some of the elements of it or consider or reconsider some of the things that you're doing. It's always a joy to talk with you. And uh, thank you for your emails. And I look forward to the next time. Have a great day, evening, wherever you are in the world. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. This is The Visual Workplace, and I will see you the next time. Thanks. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening.